Hello listener and welcome to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Thank you so much for finding time to join me. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Pastor Kigundu Ndige is on standby with the family of segment today. He'll be talking about marital infidelity is not about sex. Pastor Prosinanga will also be joining during the Bible segment today. She'll talk about love. Stay tuned for this and some songs which are store for you. Coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Get ready to listen to Pastor Kigundu with the family of segment. Be blessed. Dear listener, we want to welcome you to our program, The Abundant Life, which is based on John 10, verse 10, where Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We are convinced that when we are talking about the abundant life, it also involves our marriages. Today we want to talk about marital infidelity it's not about sex. And we'll share with you the story of Brian and Anne. After nearly two decades of marriage to a beautiful, loving woman with whom I was physically intimate with almost nightly, I came home from work one evening and told her I was moving out, leaving her for another woman. Lucky for me, my wife refused to give up on our marriage and my moving out lasted only two weeks. We are now closer and more committed than ever. She captured my heart 21 years ago and still has all my love and desire. What you're probably wondering is, if I loved my wife so much, why did I do it? 
So I will tell you what I was seeking in another woman's company, and you may be surprised to discover that it wasn't sex. It was respect and admiration. I was living a fairy tale, or so I thought. I was 38, had a great career and three teenager kids, and was still very much in love with my husband. Yet from one moment to the next, I found myself on the brink of divorce. My husband had announced he was leaving me permanently for another woman. I hadn't even known he was having an affair. I was Cinderella, but the clock had struck 12, and I was forced to open my eyes and face reality. Questions racked me. My identity as a happy wife and partner was shattered. Who was I really? And who was Brian? How could he do this to us? My heart was broken and shocked. Was the other woman younger? No. She was my age. Was she prettier? No. According to my husband, she even looked like me. When I met her, I could see the similarity. There had been no warning. My husband had not been away in the evenings. Life had been going on as usual. So how did they meet and when did they get together? They had met through his job and they carried on their affair during his lunch hour at work. How long had it been going on for? Two months. In two months, Bran had decided to throw away a great marriage and throw the lives of our three teenagers, who he deeply loved, into a tailspin as well. We are back together now and we both want to talk about why this happened in our marriage so that it doesn't have to happen in yours. You can learn the lesson we did without suffering the shattering pain. The kind of affair that Bran had is becoming almost commonplace. According to a recent article in USA Today, the real threat to a marriage today lies not in sexual attraction to another, but in the emotional ties that a spouse can create with a member of the opposite sex. With people spending more time at work than ever before and more women in the workplace, the article continues, both men and women are finding themselves with greater emotional voids and greater opportunities to create friendships with the opposite sex at work. According to marital researcher Shirley Glass, 62% of unfaithful men and 46% of women met their illicit partner through work. In the new infidelity, affairs do not have to be sexual. Infidelity is an emotional or sexual intimacy that violates trust, she goes on to say. This was exactly what happened with my husband. Luckily, Two weeks after Bran left, he came back. We committed the next year to rebuilding our relationship and identifying what the real issues were. Because I truly loved Bran and I knew that deep down he loved me too, I decided to give working out our relationship an honest effort. Today I'm glad I did. It's been almost three years and my marriage is better than it's ever been. Although that scar on our marriage will always be there, we managed with help to take our crisis and transform it into an opportunity for a better relationship and a message of hope for others. What was the real cause for the affair? Well, despite what everyone thinks, not all infidelity is about sex. Anne and I were having great sex even after 18 years of marriage, but other things in my life were bringing me down. I was 40 years old, had suffered a major business loss and a corresponding bankruptcy. My father had died, and I had a wild teenager daughter who refused to respect me as her father. 
I needed someone to look at me with admiring eyes, respect me, value me, and hear what I had to say. The problem was I did not know how to really listen to Bran when he needed to talk about what was going on for him. To him, I now see, that felt disrespectful. I became just another person in his life who did not appreciate him. But because our lives had become full of responsibility and challenges, the majority of our conversations were now about solving those problems. I needed to learn how to listen to Bran, to show him respect and admiration by being interested in the things that mattered to him, even if they seemed trivial to me, like discussing sports or local news events. I needed to stop taking life so seriously and just have fun sometimes. In addition, when Bran was trying to honestly share things he was dissatisfied with in a relationship, instead of showing respect by really listening, I will become defensive. No, it's not like that, I'd say. We do have a great relationship, or I'll change, but I didn't. Or you're wrong for feeling that way. The truth was that I had tremendous love, admiration, and, and respect for Bran, but my words and actions were not communicating those feelings to him. When my husband met the other woman, I'll call her Helen, she was very unhappy in her marriage. She was attracted to him and invited him to lunch. He went because he thought he could help her with her relationship, but in reality, he was unhappy himself. Unbeknownst to me, she began to provide the listening ear and light moments of escape during Brand's difficult time that I was not. Does this mean I was responsible for Brand's infidelity? No, it doesn't mean. However, that my actions were contributing factor. As Brian and Helen's relationship continued to deepen over the next two months, it was the friendship, not the sexual attraction, that was driving the affair. I found myself talking with Helen because she seemed to have interest in things that mattered most to me. She liked to talk about sports and working out at the gym. Our conversations were light and casual, free from stress, and I felt respected for my thoughts. I didn't feel put down because I liked to watch sports. What I missed the most in my wife, respect and admiration I was finding in Helen. My husband told me later that the whole time he really longed to be sharing this level of emotional intimacy with me. He just didn't know how. He never loved Helen. I think most men really do love their wives. Yes, they need lots of great sex, but men are also genuine individuals who prefer to have that sex with a woman whom they deeply love. Brand's affair might have never taken place had he maintained a close friendship with one or two of his buddies. He is a very outgoing and likable guy, and I would have thought he had lots of friends. I suppose he did, but none of them was close enough to him to say, Hey buddy, you look a little down lately. What's going on in your life? How are things with Anne? Are you wondering why I didn't talk to a friend instead of to Helen? Well... Not too many men I knew spoke highly enough of their wives for me to believe that they could give me sound advice about my relationship. It takes time and effort to find the right people and develop really close relationships with them. And I guess it's not always that easy for us men to share our feelings. Then again, when I did spend time with my friends, I would come home only to be met with Anne's complaints about my not having spent time with her. 
Brian and I had somehow forgotten that life needs to include fun and recreation. Oftentimes in midlife, the demands can be overwhelming. We have aging parents on one end and really teenagers on the other and our financial demands are the highest they'll ever be. So we work, 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 work with hardly a moment to spare. And when we finally do get time off, we're too tired to do anything. So we just veg out in front of the TV. Brian and I now make it a priority in our lives to have fun. It's not optional. It's a necessity. We go places and do things we've never done before. We even eat in different restaurants to experience something new instead of just settling for the same old thing. Was it easy to fix our devastated relationship? No. It was really hard work for both of us. It wasn't all going out to new restaurants, that's for sure. One of the hardest parts for me was taking responsibility for my part in our relationship breakdown. Did I cause the affair? No. Did I deserve this? No. Still, my lack of knowledge about healthy communication contributed to this situation. What you don't know definitely does hurt you. Was the work we did worth the effort? You bet. What's it worth to you to live with yourself, with your first love and the father of your children for the rest of your life? I have talked to many individuals personally on both sides of the equation whose marriages were broken up over infidelity. In most cases, both parties regret having reacted too quickly and not having put in an honest effort to work out the relationship. Several years removed from the emotions of the moment, the situation comes into perspective, and both parties see that they had genuinely loved each other and could really have worked it out after all. Instead, they often find themselves in second relationships that are no better than the first. Only now they have all the complications of children, stepchildren, blended families and exes. The rewards have been great. We not only ended up with a better marriage, but I'm wearing a new diamond ring. I'm wined and dined in many fine restaurants and was written a love letter that I can take out and read any time the painful memory of the affair comes back to haunt me. We are able to put aside the problems of the moment and have fun together. We actually enjoy some sporting events together. We watch TV for laughs. It's such a kick to take Anne out at night. She looks hotter now than when we first got married. Best of all, we enjoy real, honest, open communication with our best friends. And we have hope for our future based on reality, not on a Cinderella fantasy. There is no such thing as an affair-proof marriage. But by developing open, honest, respectful communication in your relationship, including the ability and commitment to give and receive constructive criticism, you will have a foundation on which all other differences can then be discussed and resolved. And when you're meeting the deepest needs of your spouse and your spouse is meeting yours, you take away the opportunity for an outsider to come in and wreak havoc in your relationship. Amen. Amen.
You are tuned to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. This is your presenter, Samuel Mangi. A producer would love to have your thoughts about this program. Please send them to the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Another opportunity to get some spiritual nourishment from Pastor Prosin Nanga. Welcome, Pastor.
in our previous session, we talked about faith. And faith is not only to believe in someone and trust in him, but it is complete subordination to the will of God. It is also absolute surrender to the self, to the will of a being who has a right to this surrender. Our topic for today is love. Love is the greatest cardinal virtue. As we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says that faith, hope, and love will sustain. But the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, and love define the eternal bond that exists between God and his people. But the greatest of these is love. When Louis IX of France married Princess Margaret of Provence, on his wedding ring was engraved God, France, and Margaret. And he used to say, I have no love outside that ring. This was the secret of his being known to the history of the world. The secret of us being known as the saints of God is faith love and hope and the greatest of this the bible tells me that it is love the energy and power in all god's endowment is love love is the preeminent and most effective gift of all love is at the heart of all that gives value and the purpose to the gift and to the life love beautifies life and it sublimes the selfishness love is the all-pervading principle that binds the universe together. It is a transcendent power that brings all things into a glorious union. The more intimate we are with God, the more receptive we are to his love, and the more fully we love him and all the saints on this world. Love, just like faith, is resilient, strong, and resourceful, and it flourishes even amid the forbidding circumstances. Love is a power. Excellence and value of pure love consists in its efficiency to do good and nothing else than good. Love cannot live without action and every action increases strength and extends it love will gain victory when argument and authority are powerless it is melting and transforming in its influence and will take hold of the lives and of the sinful and effect of the hearts when every other means has proved unsuccessful just try love Genuine faith in God can produce nothing less other than love because of his love, because of his love which is active and impressive and which is at the heart of our sinful selfishness we all have to respond. It is only by love that love is awakened. If we love him then we desire to be with him. Then we desire to be like him. There is no greater love than this. When we were still sinners, God sent his only son to die for us. Will you respond? this love. The Lord desires me to call attention to his people today for the 13th chapter of First Corinthians. Let us learn from it the value that God places on sanctified heaven, born love, and let the lesson come home to your hearts. Let love, which is heavenly birth and without it all other qualifications are worthless be our theme for today those who seek money alone and chasing fantasy those who are quest for fame and fortune soon or later find that it bursts like bubble but those who seek love in the highest sense will find it and grow into it increasingly do you love god yet find that you are prone to leave the god that you love most of us may feel that way we may have frequent and ever depending commitment to god you will be drawn closer still to the god you love and you will be less prone to wander away from him love is the most preeminent virtue that we have today Luther calls it the shortest and longest divinity. It is the stimulus for the Christian living. It is an inner force that impels one to act. 
it is not only a wish, but it is active and impressive. It is unactuated by the principle of the love of God and also for the brethren of all Christians on the world. Love will blend us together. Genuine faith toward God can produce nothing less other than love. It is a divine vitality that everywhere produces and restores love to each and everyone. It gives the power of working miracles if we will. If you have never performed a miracle, try love and you'll see a miracle being performed. In our next session, we'll learn about the third triad of the Christian virtue and that is nothing else other than hope. brings us to the end of our program for today. I hope that you've been blessed. I would like to have your views, comments, or questions about this program. Please send them to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00-100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Join me next time, same place, same time. But until then, may our God keep you safe. I've been a presenter, Samba Mangi. Kwa mungu na shetani Chagua 
Siku ile 